studs jay welcome to the show hello thanks for having us jay luke yes in the infamous duds <laughs> duds how many times are you gonna be on the show um as many as you'll let me <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you were on with uh mainly medicine back in uh late or was like so what, september of 2021 episode 55 if yeah. anyone wants to check that out we'll back in time action but uh here to talk about jay luke and his upcoming album the fourth solo record right yeah yeah and you've been doing this for quite some time yeah you know it's it's kind of funny <clears throat> when i first started um uh, i started playing in like 2003 and i had this idea to uh the band that I was in was called the mess and i just wanted to get like the perfect you know lineup or whatever to make this album that we had and it just never happened. It was like we had this Ferrari with a busted wheel all at a time or whatever, you know. <laughs> so uh, the album never got recorded. And I'm just waiting and waiting. And finally, I was like, you know, I'm waiting forever. I felt like uh, it was never going to come out. So I said, I'm just going to go into the studio by myself and, you know, put together what I, I had in my head. And um, it turned into like a solo project. And then that was, like the first album was basically me with my songs kind of having friends do guest spots but um from the second album on duds has been with me the whole time and it's turned more into like a uh me and him uh band scenario where um you know we're collaborating more and you know it just sounds way better i think you know called jay duds yeah <laughs> duds luke <laughs> Well, how long ago was the mess? How 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 far back are we looking here? Two thousand three till Jesus. Yeah, till probably so tw- about. That's twenty years ago. Yeah, my God, it is. That's hard to believe. All right, it is. I, um, so the first uh, solo album I did came out in uh, two thousand eighteen. It was done by like two thousand seventeen. So it was a lot of waiting around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> doing shows all at a time but you know waiting around to get something actually physically recorded it was very frustrating so you're saying there was what uh 17 so 14 years that you kind of were messing around, around with the mess yeah yeah huh. well a lot of like waiting for uh just things to happen that just never happened and it was just con- constant heartbreak kind of you know all of these great shows and great opportunities that we had and um you know just got tired of waiting What's the, first so album, the first album was called It's About Time because it really was an apt title. <laughs> that's, that's funny. What took so long? I mean, like why? That's a that's a considerably amount of time, a considerable amount of time. Uh, um, always, always a member down. You know, we'd always lose a member at the worst time. Well, why did it? Why did you? It takes so long to say, you know what? F this. I'm just going to do this. That's, on my own. that's a good question. I just really believed in it so much. It was like my baby, you know, it's like my favorite band and uh, putting that one down was like, like losing your favorite pet, you know, it's right. like, oh, geez. But, um, you know, instantly though, the freedom I felt of not having to depend on other people. Oh my God, it's the, the most important thing about it. It's like when you're in a band, it's, it's like being married to three or four other people that are all trying to grab the steering wheel at the same time and drive it in other directions. And, um, you know, having the freedom to, you know, do my songs the way I wanted to do them was really cool. And, um, you know, kind of took me where I'm at now. Do you think maybe that was a, like, I feel like Oh three was probably around the time when a lot of bands were competitive and it was very cutthroat. Um, every band felt like that they should be, you know, the person that got the show or opening for this band or doing whatever it might be. Do you think that played into any of that? Because you're telling me like, you know, you're in this relationship with three other people. Obviously, it's hard. I mean, I'm married. I've been married for eight years, celebrated eight years yesterday. We've been together for 15. And obviously, like, it's not always like peaches right. and cream, right? But like, sure. I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just naive. Maybe I'm just not aware. Um, this day and age, members and maybe they're just they, the right people found the right people or there's just more harmonious i don't know but i feel like there's a lot less friction today. you know what i don't know I, it's just um i think that there's 
the idea of of it all now it's kind of crazy to me with it's competition that shouldn't be it should just kind of be with yourself you know so um and i think that has a lot to do with like the american idol mindset and all of that you know uh or you know always always some sort of contest mentality where it's it's we're all kind of in the same thing together you know it's just everybody's mm-hmm. doing their own thing and uh yeah I, I i think it's less uh less fighting or whatever however you want to say it like less uh cutthroat you know yeah people are all kind of working together more than they're not i think they are and that's what i think is kind of cool because you know like i said early 2000s that was not the case and you've been around you i'm sure you've seen it you've uh you know been been in the scene for quite some time yeah um it's weird yeah kind of you know grew and there's it's not that there's uh, not more obstacles. There's always more obstacles, just different ones now. <laughs> yeah, now you're fighting the algorithms on social media and right. uh, Spotify and things like that, right? I'll tell you that uh, we were talking about it earlier. Like, um, you, you kind of have to be your own, uh, besides for being a musician, a songwriter, and performer, you kind of have to be your own lawyer, your own bouncer, your PR guy, all of the stuff. And as soon as you put something out, uh, we talk about it all the time. If you post something on Instagram, instantly there's like five people that are like, promote this on whatever. It's like, okay, okay, robot, you know? Yeah. But but I got something today, like a little bit before we got on here, where somebody is like, hey, fam, I really liked your new stuff or whatever. And I was like, oh, cool. And I don't know, there was like three exchanges. And then the the next exchange was... Where can I hear your music? I'm like, well, where did you hear it that you said you liked it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, if this is your job, do a better job, man. <laughs> I felt like Noel Gallagher of Oasis. I was yeah, it's it's harassing this guy. Yeah. robots. I I, all I just posted a video for the first time in on Facebook, anyways, for the first time in a long time. And um, I had to. I don't know what happened, and I don't. I'm worried that I don't forgot like hacked or whatever. But like the action on this it's 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 bizarre and they're all it's all scammers it's all weird, weird stuff like this amanda miller writes pretty this sharon wilson wow you're you're handsome man and this girl just writes a bunch of hearts it's and it's so bizarre i don't know what to make of it yeah um i'm kind of getting frustrated by it to be honest <laughs> um but the the it's so it's so weird. It's like it has like two point eight thousand views, hundred and sixty nine comments, and two of the comments are like legit people. It's old daggers, right? Right. <laughs> it's old daggers and uh, typhoid Rosie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, yeah, it has one point eight thousand like reactions to it too. It's like never happened before. And who are these people? Right? <laughs> they're nobody. They're they're robots. It's all lies. Yeah. I guess I'll take the interaction, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how we got there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, like you said, we're we're constantly you said that you're uh you're wearing many hats. You're not just performing songs, you're your own lawyer, your own PR, your own marketing team, your own design team. And and that's that's common with every band now. Yeah, I mean, like you really have to. Um, it's you know, I forget what musician said it a long, long time ago that there's very little music in the music business. It's more <laughs> business, and and the more you're in it, uh, and I mean, like it was, it's always been a hard battle, but man, it's just getting so hard now, and uh, you really have to love it to do it. And uh, I guess it's more and more evident as we you know go on with this. Like you said, you, it used to be. God, I'm old enough where I remember that the charts and things mattered. And now it's like, it's all like streams and shares and stuff, you know? So yeah, you have, you have to stay on top of that more than, you know, you normally would to find out what's going on. And I feel like it takes away a bit. Kind of. Yeah. I, I think know? it does. Like, at least like, like from a personal standpoint, like it takes pieces of you. Not, not that it takes away from the music and things like that. Maybe, or maybe it does. I just feel like it takes away like time. It could be spending being creative or time you could be with your family or whatever it might be. It's like you're constantly connected to this freaking phone and wondering that, you know, you got to post all the time and just be interacting and all that kind of shit. And it's just like, man, it's, it's tough. Yeah. And the whole idea too now is like, um, you know, I like, I like making albums and uh, the new thing is basically like, you know, just keep putting out a single every couple of months. Right. Um, and that's cool and all, but you know, I don't know. There's something about the album that you know 
I still like. So <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about that fourth album coming out. Uh, do we have a release date for that? Um, I'm saying fall. We have to. It's it's all done rec- being recorded. We have to mix it and um master it and everything. But um, if I were to give a date, I would say probably like maybe October, early October. Okay. Um, possibly sooner. Uh, depends on how how quickly everything goes, but. Um, yeah, we got some, you know, pretty decent momentum coming now. So I want to kind of keep that going. So and how many songs are we looking at? I think seven. Okay. Um, we're going to put out. Cool. And you just released a single from that upcoming album called Me and My Demons. Yes, sir. Featuring Duds, of course. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Duds, what's it like working with this guy? Uh, pretty incredible, honestly. I mean, what I do is, um, I don't even know how to describe it. I just kind of like add my flair to things or whatever. But going into sessions with Jay, he writes such great songs. It's like, I don't really have to do anything. I just like, it happens so naturally with him. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> <of> <laughs> and where did you guys record this at? Um, we do, uh, we've done everything at JL studios in, uh, all of it. actually that we're in, uh, my buddy's, my buddy Mark Sinski's studio right now tonight to do this, what's but that, it's close what, by in, in all. What's that called? I see a, I see place behind it's, you. It says my happy place my happy in Mooney place. street, Mooney street, okay. Mooney street <laughs> studios. Um, cool. but yeah, we do everything at, uh, Joe Loftus's place and, um, he, he's been the bass player for us, uh, for everything we've done too. Oh, cool. So double duty for that guy, that fella. He gets a lot of love on this show. I feel like everybody I talk to uh, either works or has worked with with Joe. Yeah, I've yet to hear anybody say anything bad about him. <laughs> well, I'm pretty yeah. If he, if it was bad, it'd be he'd probably be out of business. So that's good. Right. <laughs> Truth. And what's it like working with him? Um, very easy. Everything. Um, that that's kind of like the frustration I I went through for so long with uh, the band scenario. Um, I remember the first um session i went down there to do i think we we finished like one complete song um in the first session and i was like wow is it really you know is it really this pain-free working by yourself kind of and um yeah it's great like um he steers me in like he doesn't really you know tell you what to do so much but he'll steer you either in the right direction or off the you know the bad path kind of uh if things are sounding weird or something you know and I learned so much just, um, you know, as far as doing, you know, vocals and guitars and everything and how things are put together from him and Jay Preston as well. Don't want to mm-hmm. shortchange him. No, he's very hands on with that stuff, too. Yeah. They yeah. were just on. That's Dakota. Yeah, yeah. They were just on the show recently. But, um, yeah, as far as your music goes, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's personal, but it's always like. A lot of songs are about not not even current events, but like for instance, like there's a song called "Trapped in Your Cell." Play on play on words, right? Yep. Uh, we you know we talked about being um, so into our phones and our phones kind of you know ru- you know running our lives and you know so it's a it's a play on words and that you know you're trapped in your cell, like yeah. you're in a prison, but it's you know the cell phone, right? Yep. Um, you know you'll never beat the addiction. Alone in the crowd, me and my demons. It's always very like. I don't know. Is it, is it, I don't know. You tell me, I, I mean, well, these things I'm I, talking about, like what, are, I mean, how does that uh, come about? It's, it's, uh, it's just stuff I had, a, I've been doing a lot of interviews and stuff. So I, I have it fresh to talk about. Good. Um, the first album <clears throat> with most albums like that, your first album, you have your whole life to make. And once you make your second album, it has to be like relatively quick after the, you know, the first album. So the first album, I had a lot of songs already built up. And um, I think around the time of the second album, it was like, you know, I, I want to write new ones and do all of these things. And uh, it kind of became, like you said, definitely a more personal um, thing towards my songwriting. It's almost like a, a therapeutic thing where I'm writing about whatever I'm going through. It's like kind of like a snapshot in time, each sure. album. And um, they sort of turn into, and I always loved uh, concept albums where, you know, it's like a big story and um i kind of look at the albums kind of like that ever since studs kind of joined on actually and uh it it's definitely progressively reached like bigger audiences and had bigger 
reactions and connections and um uh, you know it's kind of it's, it's strange because maybe locally it's not so uh you know people don't take to it as much but man you the good thing about the internet and the streaming thing where it's frustrating in so many other levels is you reach people instantly you know like whereas it would take forever back in the day to do that right and uh you know you get feedback all over the place and it's really cool you know you kind of made a comment about you know locally um what makes you think that that you don't connect or maybe not as much locally as you do on a well not as much i mean like maybe there's just something about like you know you get somebody from a different country that like will say like you know this song really means a lot to me that's like how you know how did you even find us first of all you know so um i'm not saying that the you know the local people and the people that have been supporting us are you know any less than anyone else it's just um, it's a really cool thing to have that kind of, I don't know, reach or, or, you know, to touch people that you have no idea that you who they even are and stuff like that. You know, it's definitely a cool perk to the recording and everything like that. I think that's the power of music too. You know, For sure. you know, you can, you can, I mean, even the same song could, you know, mean a million things, right? To yeah. I mean, something different to me than it, it does to does or, you know, whatever it might be like, and that's one thing I always loved about music. It's so subjective and it's, um, you know, I remember there's times I've listened to songs for the first time and I don't know if it was the the mental state that I was in or what I was going through that I, I heard the artist singing words <laughs> that he wasn't singing. And I don't know if I just wanted to hear that that at that time or, or what yeah. it was, but um, yeah, music is a powerful, powerful thing. Um, It's funny too, because like, you know, you can't ever change how you made somebody feel. And uh, I think a lot of the artists that we, we all come to you know enjoy and love. Um, I see a lot of these artists that are getting older and stuff. And they, they say like, you know, um, people come to our shows and they expect us to be like, we were, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago or something. And it's like, you know, we, we grow too, but you know, everybody wants to be trapped in that certain period of time where they made them feel like they did. And, you know, that's that is that's a, a, a I don't know if it's a downfall <laughs> of the fan base sometimes, but you know well, people like what they like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I always say that it's like it's kind of shitty. It's it's shitty for you know fans especially too to like expect the same thing out right. of artists, artists, you know, yeah. the people who create, people who have a different brain than people yeah. like I do, right? Like, yeah, um, they just see things differently, they hear things differently, they. I mean, I have zero musical talent. I mean, I couldn't even begin to write a song. Um, for me, I would have to like it literally have to be about something that has happened to me. I couldn't, you know, be story right. a storyteller. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is like, you know, for people to expect the same thing out of artists and not expect them to either grow or right. um experiment and things like that, that's shitty. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is in in the long and short of it, there's just no pleasing people <laughs> because yeah, if you stay the exact way, then, of course, everyone's going to go, oh, geez, they just keep doing the same thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a point, I think, where, you know, critics are important, but you can't live your life trying to please them or you're just going to go nowhere. I mean, you you might go somewhere, but you're going to feel so empty inside and you have to do what you ultimately think is right for you. Um, uh, like, like you said to, to write, especially for me, like I, I get real envious of artists who could just write about happy stuff or just like, you know, going to the beach and everything's all good. And everything. <laughs> when things are good like that, that's the last thing I want to do is write a song, you know? Right. <laughs> so if I'm frustrated or down or angry or something, it's like, well, I'm going to write a song now. So that's always usually the, how it comes out, you know? I've had several uh, conversations about that. You know, like I would never be able to write happy. Like, so what, what, what are you write about? Like, oh, like, do you brag about how good your life is? Like, <laughs> right. What is it? Like, for me, it was always the band Van Halen. I grew up loving Van Halen. And I'm like, how are they writing these songs about being happy? It drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so certain people have that ability. And I don't know. Just... It's for, yeah, it's it's a gift. It really is. Yeah. Uh, maybe drugs, too. I don't know. 
I, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. And money, <laughs> of course, money. Helps. And money, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're doing shit that we'll never do. Like You get drugs and money, man, you're going to write some great songs. Yeah. Or, and, or not, or not. Or, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would, uh, I would say that there's probably a lot more, uh, great songs, uh, under the influence than there are not like great songs, like experimental, like just off the wall, like, you know, those songs that go on for 11 minutes and shit like that. <laughs> right. Yes. But how do you think you've changed over, over the last few, like, you know, 20 years or so? Like, you know, how have you grown? Um, the like i said you know the first album was kind of like uh putting things together not that it wasn't personal but i really kind of kind of uh crafted the the way i write into avoiding a writer's block where i could write about anything that's going on around me and like kind of have a good topic um i love the double meanings and certain things like that in songwriting and um um I don't always like to talk too much about what I write because I like to keep it, you know, for the listener to take whatever they take. But, um, you know, certain things are just kind of obvious, you know. But, yeah, the personal side of things, I find you reach people more. And that's kind of like what we're what I'm aiming to do anyways, you know, and um, it's so hard. I always say, like, the two things I wanted to do when I was growing up was to make an album and to um make a ton of money doing it and you could do one of those things like without even leaving your house now but making the money to you know we uh have had some pretty recent success with the uh, streams um where we hit three hundred thousand streams and that's like crazy to me but you would you would imagine that there's a sizable amount of money there but not really you know (laughs) it's like you know (laughs) you might be able to pay for a couple bills here and there which is cool but yeah, no, no such luck on buying a house and a Ferrari and all that. Right. <laughs> I, I did see that. Um, yeah. th- what song was that for? Oh, that was just like the collective amount of streams, I think. Together. Oh, okay, cool. 300,000. But I mean, like, I remember when it was 100. Like, it's weird because you don't typically kind of like have to pay attention to that kind of thing. But now that it's like the, the way everything is put together, you go and look at your stats every now and again. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, it's crazy. And um yeah, you never know where it's going to end up. And uh, w- whenever I feel really let down about how, how hard it is to make it, uh, which it's basically impossible, um, that story about Kate Bush uh, from uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. What an inspi- That's like the most inspiring thing for an artist in our era now. It's like, yeah, how are you going to make it? I don't know. Maybe 20 years from when you put the song out, it's going to get snagged by somebody and bam, like you never know. She I killed have a- it. Yeah, I have a, a motto. I try to live by, <clears throat> you know. I'm in I'm in the same boat. I mean, I, I mean, I haven't been writing music or doing a podcast for 20 years. Um, but it's 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 hard. You know, you look at the numbers sometimes. It's discouraging. It's like, sure. why do I even bother? Like, you know, it's like I well, I do it because I, I love it, right? And I do it because you know, from the day one, I I said I wanted to at least have a platform for artists to come on and, and talk about, you know, who they are, what they do, and why they do it. But it gets, it gets like you look at the number and it's like, man, like it's you know, 100 views on YouTube or, you know, 100 view or listens on Spotify or whatever it might be. It's like, man, like this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I always say like it only takes one. That's right. And it, it, it could take one person that, you know, hears it and maybe they they find you and they listen to a song that you wrote. And that song, they had the ability to help you take that to the next level. Yeah, that that for me would be amazing, right? Or if someone heard the podcast and said, "Hey, I love what you're doing. I want to invest some money into what you're doing. Help you make it better. Maybe get a studio or whatever it might be. Um, let me help you do that." And I'd be like, "Holy shit, that's amazing!" So, right. you know, but it's one of those things. It's like, how how long do you say it only takes one for? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? the, the, you you did say the key thing, like. Uh, it, especially now uh, it's it's kind of easy to find somebody who really loves what they or, or it's in their blood versus somebody that's just trying to you know be famous or you know make some money out, out of things because pretty quickly you learn that you know if you want if you're in it for the long haul you're not gonna you know <laughs> the instant success and gratification it's almost impossible like mm-hmm. like you said it, it has to be like every star aligning at the same time 
um me and duds played um in new york city at a place called the cutting room and um the, i think it's the week before we played um after the snl saturday night live cast was done they all went and hung out there and i was like man maybe this will be our chance you know <laughs> and um it was cool though like there were some you know some people in the industry that were there that were very important and uh you know you never know who's like you said who's watching it might just be one you know and um yeah that's cool i mean that's that's your other chance the live shows and stuff and getting out there and doing as much as you can you know yeah talk about those i mean you've been at it for a long time like we said already um talk about some um what people can expect from your shows and you know some of the just the experience you've had you know through the years and responses you've been you've been given i'm playing shows uh mainly like solo shows acoustic shows almost every week to about two to three a week and um I basically play anywhere I can, you know, at this time, I just, I, I like to play. It kind of keeps me sane a little bit. And, um, it's just kind of like, you kind of read the audience and sometimes they're easy to read, sometimes impossible and unpredictable. And, um, you know, you, you don't want to, I, I never want to play anything I don't like, or, um, you know, where I feel like I'm selling my soul to, you know, make some drunk guy happy or something like that. That's not what I do. But um, you got to, another thing too about performing is you kind of have to learn to deal with the, um, you know, the dead air and the heckling and certain things like that. And I, I always kind of tend to use humor and stuff like that to make it more fun and, you know, uh, interactive because, you know, the less dead air and people yelling free bird and nonsense like that it's like <laughs> you kind of have more of a chance to win them over and do your thing but um yeah and you know it's cool i like to do it i would fail at that too uh i'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not i'm not very witty so like my response would be like shut the fuck up <laughs> sometimes it comes to that <laughs> uh yeah I'm, you know i feel like in all of the years i've been playing boy you could certainly tell some stories of crazy situations and scenarios there's one time i do have a really good one uh have you ever heard the song stuck in the middle with you uh it was the film called reservoir dogs yeah had a scene where uh the guy gets his ear cut off while that song's playing and uh you kind of have already like a weird vibe about the song because it's so peaceful and easy going you know i went to play in lee heighton and uh it was it was a strange place. I can't remember the name of the place, but you walked in and there's like, you know, metal detectors. I'm like, well, what are we walking into here? You know? What are we doing here? <laughs> and um, it was two pool pool teams or dart teams against each other. I can't remember which, but they were super aggressive at each other, you know, and the tension was crazy high. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to play stuck in the middle of you. I don't know why. I think it would just be a fun thing to do. I play it and there's a guy next to the other guy, like me and Todd's, and he's holding a mug of beer and this guy's saying clowns to the left of me or whatever. He's like, you're calling me a fucking clown. And he hits him with the mug of beer. No way. Where the handle was left in his hand. No. And the rest of the mug was not. I have never in my life seen anything like it. And the bartender's like, hey, you got to stop playing these violent songs, dude. I'm like, <laughs> violent songs? Are you kidding me? These people are crazy. <laughs> yeah, he just starts to just stop serving beer. Oh my god! But yeah, that's that's like one of I'll, I'll never forget that one. That's crazy, that's crazy stuff. I mean, the force it takes to smash a mug like that—wow, it's just crazy. So yeah, I saw that, that happen. I mean, did that person live? Like what? Uh, <laughs> I really can't comment on that. I just saw that it, that night was not so good. Wow. <laughs> it was definitely not a good night for that man's head for sure. Jesus, oh dear lord! Is that but, the craziest thing you've seen over the years playing out? Um, I think so. Uh, certain things were kind of this full of disgust. Like, uh, we played at a, you know, I won't say place names or anything, but, no, yeah. um, that's, that's fine. we, we played a bit out of the way. Um, uh, me and my guitar player, Jansen Harris at the time. And, um, it was a very racial issue there. And, and I was like, wow, it's like weird, you know, um, me and my guitar player and we're playing and, uh, Earlier in the week, I went up to uh, hang flyers up for the show because uh, we were a duo then. And um, this guy's like standing in front of us going, 
and he, gave, he put his hand out and I was like, what's that? He's like, here's $50. Your services aren't required for the rest of the night. And I was like, geez, what's that all about? And uh, he said, uh, you know, I saw your flyer and there's four people in the band. I'm like, I made the flyer. I'm an artist. And no, there's not. <laughs> so we were like, all right, whatever. This is just a weird vibe here the whole time. And we're going out, taking our stuff out. And, and we heard like through the window them saying like we got running these guys out of town or whatever um because of the skin color of my bandmate and i couldn't believe it and like and they really were like running us out of town like the kkk wow it was crazy crazy stuff so yeah that was not so fun um and uh that kind of thing still certainly exists uh more than you think yeah it's a shame it really is yeah um but you know there's a lot of good times too you know absolutely I was gonna say if you can if you could beat the guy getting smashed with a glass mug, I was like, yo, dude, like maybe you should stop playing. <laughs> Call it a day, uh, let people live. Um, but you know, through playing, I, I I'd been given the opportunity to play with like a lot of the people I looked up to growing up, and that's it, it's both a good thing and a bad thing because sometimes you know they say not to meet your heroes and stuff, and. I've been on both sides of that where, you know, some of them are so cool and some of them are such dicks, you know? Yeah, like who? Um, well, when I was, let's see, when I was in second grade, it was a very pivotal time for me in music. Just, I absorbed everything. Guns N' Roses came out and they were the biggest band in the world when they came out. That first oh, yeah. album, I'll never believe it uh, or see anything like that explosion in my life. So in the back of my head, I'm, I, I measured everything against them, kind of, you know? And uh, I got the chance to open up for uh, the drummer, Steven Adler. And I'm like, this guy's way out of control. I'm, I'm actually going to turn this one down because I don't want to be let down, you know. So I turned it down and I like hated myself for turning it down. But I, I, I felt I did the right thing. And maybe a few months later, an opportunity came out where Duff McKagan, do you want to open up for Duff McKagan? Fuck, yes, I do. Because he's totally level headed and he's super cool guy. At least I hoped, you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, sure enough, you know, like uh, got a chance to open up for Duff McKagan, nicest guy in the world and so down to earth. You'd never know he was in like the biggest band in the world at one time. And uh, that showed me so much. I was like, wow, this guy is just so cool. And um, um, that to me was probably my all time favorite show, you know, just for every reason that you could think of, you know, just playing with that guy was just crazy cool. And that's nothing, no, nothing else. Like, uh, like uh, on the downside of things, uh, there was. <laughs> I love. I, I also loved another band growing up. Uh, Wasp, the band Wasp. The okay. reason they were the reason I started writing music, believe it or not. And um, they had this album that was just like deeply personal, and uh, they, like they're known as a shock rock band. But like about twelve years after they started, they kind of did their deep dive into like personal stuff which was cool and um i love the album it made me want to write music and uh i held it so close and um get the chance to open up for them and i'm like oh man here we go this is i just want to tell the guy like thank you so much for this album you know and phew, bad scene on that one he like you couldn't look him in the eye and all of these kind of things i'm like who's this guy think he is jesus christ like come on man <laughs> you know but the behavior was outrageously ridiculous. And yeah. um, and then, like, he ended up canceling the show. Uh, and we headlined the show, like, because he did it, like, on the, on a dime. And he was doing it all over the place. And I'm like, the behavior of this guy is just so, such a letdown. And, um, yeah, that really sucked. You know, I kind of wish that that didn't happen. But, um, you know, that was the case where you don't want to get too close to your heroes or idols or whatever. Yeah. You know? But, well, that's like part of rock and roll to a to an extent, right? Like you can't do that today. You no. like the minute like you even like look at someone the wrong way. Like imagine Taylor Swift as she looked at one of her fans the wrong way, and it was cut on video, which probably would be oh dead, yeah, destroyed, dead. right? Yeah, you know. But back then, you could kind of like, and not that I'm condoning that behavior, right? But like, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, back the... then there was like this like mystique about it, like. And no one was ever as accessible as they are today, right? So, like, you never knew. Like, you never yeah, knew. Yeah, that's it. It was such, it's such a, I think, a cool time to be yeah. a rock a star of, and a be, lot like, of a things, fan. 
yeah, a lot of things just got swept under the rug by whoever the managers were and stuff like that, which God love those people. They probably had a lot of work to do back in the day. <laughs> but or, I, well, yeah, or not. Like <laughs> yeah. there's there's still recordings of them, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, you kind of, you know, as time goes by, it seems like everything just comes up anyways, you know. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, it's such a weird time, you know, like um just gotta the main thing I, I i think about with uh you know recording music is even if you don't get the you know the success or whatever you never know where it's gonna go you know like the the kate bush phenomenon it might be 20 yeah. years from now you know um but i feel like you know it would be stupid to stop or whatever and it always discourages me so much because um actually the way i met duds is i was hosting an open mic night for like man it had to be 11 or 12 years Right. And and uh, the Irish Wolf down in Scranton. Oh, cool! Yeah, uh, it started at the. It was Judge and Jury, and it changed its name. But I I was reluctant to do it at first, you know, because I was like, oh, I'm doing my own thing, and um, I think it just took like one or two people that were like getting over their fright of being on stage. Where I was like, this is kind of a cool thing, you know. You're kind of given an opportunity and a platform for these people that you know sometimes don't get it, and um, I loved it, I, and so many cool things have happened over the years and you know i remember meeting duds and i was like wow there's no way this guy is this good on guitar and um and we talked after a show or something and i said you know would you be interested in playing on my album and, and yeah I, I have uh you know he's been like the greatest uh collaborator you can imagine it's really cool you know thank you you're welcome yeah Duds. i feel like you know you kind of became known and if you were a part of a, a band or uh, anything prior to this, I apologize. I just, you know, maybe I just wasn't around. Um, but kind of E57 was the band you were in that, you know, you were playing a lot and all that kind of stuff. Um, you've since left that band, what, two, maybe three years ago now? If yeah, something like that. Something like that. But I feel like you've really, um, you know, you've, you've become your own you've become duds like everyone knows who duds is and you've <laughs> you know worked with me in the medicine and um i feel like you've worked with uh ty soul and amanda rogan and obviously jay here um i know you've put out a few of your own albums um you know talk a bit about you know what you've been up to and and just kind of how you know you've been duds i will try <laughs> um <laughs> i don't really know i mean yeah e57 was uh my introduction to scranton or whatever um i played guitar for i don't even know a few years before e57 formed but uh that like got me into the scranton area and meeting musicians up here and uh e57 went on for i want to say like six years um and even when i was in e57 i was doing some solo shows and collaborations and stuff but when i uh i left the band during the pandemic just because like the whole world changed my world changed so i just kind of shifted focus to uh, bands are like so tough and uh, it's weird I'm kind of in a bunch of bands now but nothing like too strict like it's very free-flowing if this band needs me if this band needs me and uh, studio sessions if anyone ever says like hey can you come to the studio I'm there immediately it's just um, I don't know making music is just like what keeps me going and like I take any chance I can to do it, and I'm very fortunate that seemingly so many people invite me to be a part of what they do. That's cool. Thank you. And I feel that I always lose track. Like, not to say that like I work with an insane amount of people, but I kind of do. But you and do. <laughs> I do. Really yeah, do. and I feel bad because I can never remember everybody, so I'm just not going to name anyone. <laughs> but well, if, I always, uh, I always really find that fascinating um aj jump is 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 still a drummer but aj jump would be in a million bands mm -hmm. 
It seems like and, anytime I see a video of a band playing, he's the drummer. Right. <laughs> and you've kind of become that, that, you know, that guitar player for this area now too, like and, and beyond, but like, yeah, I mean, you're, like, you're this, this guy and MDG crew, you know, you, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you were with them for a couple shows and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, obviously you're, uh, you know, you're talented and, you know, easy to work with and that's why people are kind of, you know, gravitate towards you. Thank you, thank you. Was there a picture of you with without a beard? Um, well, you gotta pay good there, money there's for. There's gotta that. be. I don't. It's been so long now, but there's gotta be one somewhere. <laughs> like that, people have access to besides maybe family, because um, I I, I don't um encourage anyone to creep on my Facebook. <laughs> if you go back far enough. There's gotta be something <laughs> on Facebook. Oh boy, there you go. I feel like we have to go. <laughs> have to go on this ride here. What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I heard that E57 is doing a reunion show. It was supposed to happen maybe a month or two ago. Some unfortunate uh, things happened with the fire, I believe. But from my understanding, that has been rescheduled. Yep, August 11th at the Keystone stage with Days in Transit and the Broke Pines which is a new band consisting of Young Burgo, um, American Buffalo Ghost. Uh, they kind of merged in some form. Is that Jerry Burke? Yep. I got to get him on the show. I think we talked David about... Connors, Steve Werner, and Sean Flynn. And I apologize if I'm forgetting anyone. But... I, told, I told Jeremy that uh, he needs to come on the show. And I don't know what happened with that communication. I don't know if it broke down or what, but yeah, gotta get him on. I love that band. Yeah, he's amazing. What uh, what brought the E fifty seven reunion back or together? Like, what's uh, what's that all about? I think it was just kind of there was no closure because when I left the band, it was like the height of the pandemic, so like we hadn't played in a while. We didn't know if we were gonna play in a while, and uh, it was just kind of over. So Chris had hit me up at some point to see if I would be interested. And uh, to be totally honest, I was like, yeah, not really, but let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we got things situated and jammed a few times leading up to the show. And by the time the show came, I was actually so stoked. Like people seemed to be excited. I just wanted everyone to have a really good night. And I was really excited, and it was literally the day of the show, like, the whole street caught on fire, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a no-go. But it's back on. It was back on August 11th, August Keystone 11th. stage. I have yet to go to that venue. It's it's cool. I've played yeah. there a few times. It's been a while, but it's... Uh, it, it's, it's nice to have an all-age venue. I know we've lost so many over the years. Unfortunately, and that one's kind of keeping it strong. So yeah, I wish I had the money to do that. <laughs> I really do. I would love to open a venue, but it's like one of those things. It's like you have to understand that you're not going to make money, <laughs> right? And you'll probably. And I wouldn't even be interested in making money. I mean, I, if I could break even, I would do it. Yeah, if it could yeah. like fund itself. And yeah, but, yeah, it's a tough scene. Very tough. And I feel like right before the pandemic hit, I feel like there was this rise of local original, you know, music. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there was like it was really on this upward trajectory, and like everything else, COVID fucked it all up. I'll tell you, I I don't know about uh, you, but I know like right around that time we had CD release uh, things planned. I'm in uh, two other bands, and uh, the band I'm in, Reach for the Sky had our i think it was our second album we're like all stoked to get you know play our uh cd release and yep screwed <laughs> and it shut down so much um uh, what i think me and me and does were on what would be my third album at that point and uh that's when the song uh trapped in your cell like half of the album was recorded so i was like oh you know could i put out a single um at that time and i think that was the best thing for um for our collaboration at the time because it was i think it was when everyone was really listening the most because there's like not a lot of other stuff to do you know everybody's at home 
and uh it became like the most uh i think it was the most streamed thing that we did um almost like seventy thousand or something like that um uh so you, you never know i mean that was probably the best thing that came out of the pandemic for me or our situation because like the playing live everybody had to kind of do it in their basement or wherever they were playing and it was cool uh you know that was another thing where you kind of reached a, a, a way bigger audience or people that like you know you have friends that are can't come out to a show because they have kids or you know uh, jobs and stuff like that and they were able to see what you're doing when they typically typically couldn't yeah um but you know the odd the oddest part about that whole live recording and whatever was that like when you were done playing there's like you, the audible reaction was none you know so it's like <laughs> no, oh, yeah. yeah and like you can't always just kind of be staring at like who's listening or what they're saying but um that was kind of a weird thing but yeah i think that we we got a lot more people um through that you know but by and by and large it, it was a hard hit for a lot of us oh. it was it was the the one time where I had like a whole year booked for gigs, I was like, man, I never, ever am this responsible in my life and shut right down. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, everybody, I mean, I was in, as in uh, sales for the radio station. Like I was projected to have my record year. Yeah. Um, And yeah, what a, what a disaster. And I mean, we're still feeling the effects of it, you know, to this day. It's just, it's, yeah. Yeah. and I knew we would, I, I knew that when it was going on, like it was not going to be, you know, yeah. a two week thing and then it turned into a year and then two years and it just it just uh the effects that it had on everything are just massive. You know it's a, a strange thing for the um the musical uh like the live portion of things is how it seemed to me prior to that the norm was you know well for me anyways playing from ten to two you know you had this gig yeah uh where it was always ten to two and now it barely goes on past midnight if that and and it's usually not four hours it's three you know and it's like that's kind of cool you know because sweet cause right you, yeah and you lose a lot of people like you, you know the people that you're playing for from one to two are they even there even if they're there they're not there <laughs> right? that's what i'm saying what are they what are they retaining nothing probably you know um but yeah it, it's I, i'm grateful for that you know um uh, you try to look at the good parts of it, I guess. You know. <laughs> yeah, you have to. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. Right. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. I always thought that was cool too. I mean, I mean, it, there were cool like, you know, live uh, events going on online. Um. But I was was wondering if people would, you know, continue to kind of utilize that platform as a way to kind of connect with their audience. Um, when they weren't playing shows out, out live, have you uh, found yourself doing that at all? Or are you just more of a, like, Hey, I want to play out live and I want that experience only. Um, You know, it's, it's weird. Like we're all trying to figure out, uh, like you said earlier, like beating an algorithm or something, but I think we're all trying to just figure out how to, um, they always tell you to like, you know, uh, be mindful of content and kind of keep putting stuff out. But I don't I don't particularly want to overkill on anything. So every now and then I'll make like a video to just kind of talk about what's going on or uh, recap certain things that are going on. And, you know, in the studio, I always try to like, you know, get a good clip here and there of what we're doing. Um, but, yeah, I think the it, you don't often see people just going live and, you know, doing a set of music very often. At least I don't not like it used to be. Oh, my God, it's just flooded with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, Dud, I don't know. Duds, you kind of uh, have quite a bit of clips every now and again. Yeah, I I don't go live too often just because what I do, like guitar improv, isn't much of a show. Like you could put it on in the background for like dinner or something like that. But I do try to post a video a couple times a week just because, I don't know, like this is what I do full time. So any exposure I can get is very helpful. And it's it's a weird thing with social media. It's like it's easier than it's ever been to reach people, but you don't always reach people, whether it be the algorithm or just lack of interest or whatever, which is kind of like a struggle in itself because sometimes I'll post a video that gets quite a bit of attention and 
feel pretty good about that, not going to lie. <laughs> and then the next video you post gets absolutely no engagement, and you're like, gosh, shit, what did I do? Like, yeah. why do you hate me? <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, there's that kind of struggle. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know, if even if people aren't, like, liking and sharing and all that stuff, if even if I don't know someone is watching and enjoying but they are, I don't know, there's some kind of, like, telepathy thing going on. I'm like, okay, worth it <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I relate to that. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's so tough living on the internet. And we'll get back to that, I guess. Like, I just, you know, what people are, are into. Like, and obviously we, we all think that, like, what we do is, like, very important, right? Yeah, like, why aren't you watching? Why aren't you subscribing? Why aren't you like, and <laughs> I, I find myself doing it. And I always say like, the hardest thing for me to do is self-promotion. Um, I'm not that kind of person. I always feel like we're, everyone's on the internet trying to scream the loudest. Yeah. Um, to, to, to say, look at me. And I'm not interested in that. It's easy for me to share, you know, these videos and these podcasts because I feel like it's more on it's not like a feel it is more about, you know, you guys and, and the guests. And it's easy for me to want to share that and promote that because it's somebody else essentially. Right. Yeah. But it's just like the, the shit that gets attention. is just like blows my mind. And I, well, and I get, it. I'm not, I'm not like, you know, I'm, I'm not Joe Rogan. Right. But like I see, I just came across, um, somebody's channel. It's uh, someone that I know through somebody else. Um, and the amount of views and the subscribers, like, and it's like people with money and they're at casinos and like, like mm -hmm. it's just obnoxious kind of like, mm -hmm. I'm just like, how is this getting views? Like it, it, there's, there's zero content really. There's no, there's no substance to it. Yeah. Um, I would never watch that. Like I, I watched it like for 30 seconds cause I'm like. This exists, and I don't know why. <laughs> it, I just, I don't know, man. You know, I, I remember one particular thing that absolutely drove me insane. Um, just being a musician, and you know, we're all trying our best. Um, and I want to say it, it probably was American Idol. There was a, was his name William Hung? I think was his name. Yes, yes. He was so bad that like he got a record deal yeah <laughs> like because people tuned in oh to watch. my god what the hell is going on with the world this guy was so bad and there he is like what did that record sound like like ah oh, it's such a frustrating thing it's like there it is man there it is talent means nothing now <laughs> people had an idea for me um the uh casino has a bunch of shows on thursdays they're all tribute bands oh yeah yeah and, and they're like yo you should uh, interview the tribute bands, but act like they're really the real like, thing. The real thing. <laughs> and that's I was like, pretty. "That's funny, right?" Like, <laughs> but people would probably think that I'm like mentally challenged, <laughs> right? But I'm like, but you know what? Maybe people would, would may... watch it, or like, I'd probably get a bigger audience. That might be your big on, break. Like, that's terrible. That's so terrible. That is. I'll tell you, I play there every now and again. I'm actually playing there that uh, this weekend, and uh, what a frustrating thing getting in and out of there as a musician to play. Really, it's I wouldn't know. Yeah, <laughs> very brutal getting in and out of there with your gear. Yeah, yeah. They don't have like a back entrance to get into. Uh, if there is one, I am still yet to find it. <laughs> how, how funny would it be if you're the only person who doesn't know about it? <laughs> oh my God, I have asked everyone. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a big joke on me. <laughs> I gotcha. But yeah, it's a tough gig. That'd be funny. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that place still. I don't want to talk shit on them because right, right. But like that, and I knew it from the day day one, man. Like I mean, I was at the weekend, or you guys know that. Um, mm -hmm. that when that kind of candy was oh six, oh seven, oh mm -hmm. eight, like. And I mean, a lot of things happened in 08, like the, you know, the, the, the whole, um, what do you call it? The whole world cup was kind of like in a recession and shit like that. So like the, there were a lot of factors in, but like, I, I know for a fact that that casino hurt local business, local sure. bars, local venues who 
I mean, it's it's a hub, right? It's 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 a great place to meet people. Um, you know, meet, hey, I'll meet you at the center bar, and then you can go to you go to Breakers. Before that, you know, there was there was um, was it Bar Louie? It's no longer Bar Louie, it's something else now. But like you uh, could, I've... you can meet there, and you can go do ten different things in the same mm-hmm. same venue, yep. which is awesome. Yep. But I knew it would it pulled like, you know, the it, ten people from this place and twenty people from yeah. this place. It caters to the uh, short attention span of the world. I think world, that kind yeah. of a place. You know what I mean? Like uh, I was talking earlier about an album where. Um, you know i i still believe in it very much and uh most people like you know they'll get through one or two songs and then they move on to it that's a real frustrating thing for a musician when you sit with somebody who's not and watching the way that they listen to music sometimes it's like what the hell are you doing man <laughs> you didn't you doing? finish it, you didn't finish it. <laughs> but that's the way people are so um yeah you know i don't want to start hating on everybody <laughs> but um that kind it's... of place i see it how it's like you know when like when i'm playing there you know, people be real into, you know, maybe 10 minutes and then, you know, they're gone to the next thing. You might see them later on in the night and stuff. But, um, yeah, I guess like you're real, a, a really, really good entertainer can keep somebody at one spot there the whole time. But, man, it's not very easy. Well, there's that. I mean, you know, there's no cover. You yeah. Pop around in different places and see, you know, different bands playing and there's no cover. And that probably ruined that whole concept, too. Yeah, very to much. a degree. I also think the hardware bar kind of ruined that too. Yes, hardware bar came came into town and did a, a whole no cover thing. Big demolition there on the scene. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard to say. You know what? What does what? The factors kinda... are the factors are many. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your fourth album real quick, and then we'll wrap things up. Um, okay. You know, you you keep you kept saying you know an album's important to you, and I and I. Honestly, I love albums myself. I'm old school. I'm four years old, and I and I always loved going to the the record store and buying CDs and listening from song one to song twelve or whatever it might have been. Yeah. Um. Is that what you like about albums? Like you know the kind of you know do you record songs and and, and order them from one through seven? Like this next record is going to be uh, in a way that it should be listened in that sequence or, or um, you know, talk about when that. It- when it's done, I think so. Yeah, I'm trying to like it, it's always like a jigsaw puzzle, you know, putting putting things together uh, in both the actual songwriting and the uh, uh, you know putting the package together at the end. Um, something I found that was pretty cool about this album in particular was um, uh, we we spoke about songwriting and certain things. Um, this one was the one where I've been writing songs as close as I can to the studio time. Uh, versus like kind of like refining them and, and certain things like that. And I was going to call the album winging it actually. Um, uh, just cause it was like, so, so not off the cuff, but like, you know, pretty, you know, loosely based on what's going on. And, uh, and it turned out to be, I think the best way to do things uh, as far as what, what we've had going on now. And um, it was kind of inspired what's, what's, uh, so cool is it was more of a visual thing for me where um, I like old horror movies and Vincent Price was like one of my favorite actors and I saw this movie where he like looked on his shoulder and there was a devil and then he looked on the other one and there was supposed to be an angel but there was a devil there too and I was like oh my god what a great idea that is you know and um, and I was always because I'm an artist a, a graphic designer and a visual artist uh, I love these paintings that were done of uh magicians in the early like 1900s that had devils whispering in their ear be like you know come see this guy who does whatever devil whispering in his ear so that whole thing was like really the the start of the me and my demons uh idea um so when when it came time to do the uh like the photo shoot of it i got in touch with the people at the houdini museum and they let me use the straight jacket and the uh photographer uh eugene lucas great guy he got so many cool shots, but um, yeah, we put it together and I was like, damn, this is a great idea. So uh, that element is really cool uh, with the album too. That's another thing. Like I always, I was always used to looking at the album the whole time I listened mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. So, so now it's just that little thumbnail, which sucks, but eh, you kind of <laughs> adapt to the times or whatever. But 
that was very much the start of um i guess the album's concept you know like um the demons that we fight and um you know struggles and uh it's it's a pretty fast-paced world and it's you know deadlines stress insomnia certain things like that and it kind of dealt it's dealing with all of that sort of thing and um it's kind of the basis of it i guess do we have a title for it yes me and my demons that is oh that's the title. title okay cool. so the the single is just the you know self-titled got it uh, single got it yeah it's you know i always say i wish i was a uh, psychologist because i would just go on social media and like like yeah. mental illness mental illness, mental illness. <laughs> like, right. just, just call them or target ads towards them and like just like um it's a the world's crazy man you know it's there's a lot to to um navigate through uh, i think you do a really good job with a lot of your songs that you know just they're relatable they're they're you know there's it's about things that everyday people are going through you know it's just like I think it's a, an outlet. I think when you get too specific on certain things, it's like, um, you know, like if, if uh, how can I say it? If you're using like really big words and real complicated talk, it, it might impress certain people, but you want to reach the most people you can. And, um, you know, we're, we're sometimes you're fighting that, like, oh, I want to make this sound a certain way. You also want to keep in your head, like, um, I'm not out to impress the critics or, you know, the, this certain group of people or whatever, but I do want it to be relatable. Um, so that's something that I always keep in my mind, like kind of keep it more general and open uh, where it means something uh, versus like people having to look up a word. Yeah. You know? So, um, <laughs> you know, that's that's an important thing too. you know, <laughs> yeah. dumb it down a little bit, you know, <laughs> for sure. If that makes sense. Yeah, for, absolutely. And I know I said we'd let you go after we talked about the uh, upcoming album, but you also, um, which I think is really neat, do a lot of videos for your music. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. Like, is that just again part of you know your upbringing? And, and you know, you always said you wanted to make an album and be rich. Like, <laughs> was the was the video part of it? Like, you know, you make a single, you write a single, you record a single. Like, you have a uh, a, a video to, to accompany that. Like, was that just part of like? what you wanted to do or is that is there more to it than that i would i would love to make more videos um but it's um the people i work with are are they're just very busy so um what, what was really funny was i'm always kind of on their schedule you know so um the last music video i did was uh you'll never beat the addiction and i think it was last year on the 4th of july <laughs> the uh producers said hey are you doing anything today and i'm like i don't know why you want to do a video yes i do so i'm always like at their call because i'm thinking if i don't say yes now i'm never gonna edit (laughs) it might take another year so uh yeah we spent the day just like going through abandoned places and uh shooting the video and it turned out really cool you know so i do love doing it like between being in the studio and making videos i think that's the most freeing part of being an artist um uh, at least for me because you know with the live shows it's cool too but like you, you stand the you know chance that somebody might ruin your night just being a jerk or something which you kind of learn to diffuse that a lot too the more you play right but there's zero chance when you're making a video or in the studio i mean like wow if the producer turned and punched you in the mouth or something, that'd be something <laughs> else. but but yeah that doesn't typically happen um yeah. so yeah i i love doing it i just wish i could do it more and uh, right you know, and money is also a thing too. You know, we're none of us are getting extremely wealthy doing what we're doing. We're just doing it because we love it. You know. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Well, I think uh, is is this is this a uh... shit? Hold on. Oh wow! Whoa! Is that is that, that a is that a beardless? Oh God, is that a Weeds. beardless? Well, kind of beardless. It is a... I was I was trying. Damn, that should have been the album cover right there. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, yeah, that's this, the look this, I was going for with that one. This, this ring light. <laughs> Son of a bee. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone watching, you'll have to go to the YouTube uh, or Facebook page to see the video. Oh, oh I think I went deep enough here. Uh, oh, no. God damn, this light. <laughs> wow. Uh, that looks five. like when you were on 
when you were on death row. Yeah. <laughs> Taking yeah. out my left knee. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that might be, might be it. Huh. That worth showing. Very nice. Well, I think this has been successful. Um, learned a lot about Jay Luke. Touched a little bit about on duds, and uh, we've seen duds without facial hair. And this might be. Is this is this you? Uh, ooh yeah! Wow! Yeah. Wow! It's like weird for me because I haven't seen that in like twenty years. <laughs> Man, that's a trip. <laughs> I'd say this was a, a very great success. Whoa! This is duds with with a guitar. Wow! This is this is crazy. Wow. Oh my god, look at this. Again, anyone guitar. Thank you. You need to go to to Avenge Sevenfold. (laughs) Go to the YouTube channel or Facebook to see the video. (laughs) But guys, thank you. I mean, um obviously Jay, uh, I've known of you. Uh, I've played your music when I had a a radio show back in the day, it seems like it's only been it's come up on three years. I've been off the air. Um, Crazy man. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but uh, yeah. is what it is. But I uh, obviously I've known Dud, so it's it's been a good opportunity to kind of learn more about you. Um, for anyone listening or watching, how can they find out more about you on online? Um, you know, instead of like giving out uh, addresses, I think just like J Luke Music, uh, you could find that in a general search. Take you pretty much anywhere. Um. And you know whatever your favorite streaming platform is, uh, it's, it's all there. Uh, you can find, uh, I think, every album. So, J. very Luke. cool. Yeah. Well, we'll be. We might start forward. calling it. Might start calling it the J. Luke Band, though, or whatever, because I feel like uh, it's kind of weird now because it turned into something. I don't know. Like that. That sounds like you should. I don't know if you. The J. Luke Band sounds like you should be wearing some kind of. Yeah, it does sound a bit big ridiculous. hat and like a, a duster or something. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. We might still do that. We might turn into. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but well, we'll look forward to your album uh, coming out in the fall-ish yeah. area. So, uh, yeah, best of luck with that. Thanks, um, upcoming shows can be found on your website as well or your uh, online. Yep, all the time. Sweet, awesome. Well, guys, thank you again, and uh, looking forward to that that new album. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right, take care. We'll see you. See you.